welcome to episode nine of the Cleverly Changing Podcast, where we discuss culture, life, and everything in between from a homeschool perspective. Today's topic is all about health. So we want you to learn about how to take care of yourselves, how to teach your little ones to take care of themselves as well. So we have a proverb for today, and it's an African proverb, and it states, the forest not only hides woman's enemies, but it's full of woman's medicine, healing, power, and food. Let me say it again. The forest not only hides woman's enemies, but it's full of woman's medicine, healing, power, and food. So definitely tell a friend about our podcast and remember that you can tune in to the Cleverly Changing podcast bi-weekly. The podcast is found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, and in other places that podcasts are played. So we look forward to today's episode. And if you want to visit the show notes page, remember to go to cleverlychanging.com and you can find the podcast on the sidebar. All right, without further ado, let's listen to the discussion. It's now time for the words of the episode. Zima. It means whole in Swahili. Although Afia means healthy in Swahili, Zima goes a little deeper. When we are whole, we feel good. We look good. Our attitudes and words will reflect this. The idea of being whole includes the physical, mental, spiritual, and personal components. In many ways, it is a sort of balance. There's an African proverb that says, when you hide your sickness, you cannot be cured. This is Cleverly Cultured Kids. (laughs) In this segment, we talk to kids about different topics. Welcome to another Cleverly Changing Podcast. Today, we have an exciting topic. Once again, we are talking about health and hygiene with our kids. So this is one of the topics that we actually have to cover in homeschooling. So one of the subjects that the state requires here in Maryland is health. And so we want to give our children an opportunity to share their thoughts about health and taking care of themselves. And we want you guys to just enjoy the conversation. If you have something to share, please send us a message and we look forward to hearing from you. All right, girls. So it is time for us to get into the conversation. So let us know, how do you feel about taking care of yourselves? What does that actually mean? Don't eat a lot of junk food. Eat healthy. Work out. All that type of stuff. Okay, well, let's see. What Specifically, what is eating healthy for you? You know, everybody's different. Everybody has different families, different refrigerators full of different things. So what 
would you consider healthy food versus junk food? Since you brought up junk food, Layla. Junk food is candy, chips. Well, no, not chips, because chips are good. <laughs> candy, bread. That's a fact. <laughs> High-carb bread, um, most sweets, and... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to end that these. Food. You just finish the sentence. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> Maya, what do you consider to be junk food? Chips. I'm like, wait, what? Um, popcorn in some instances. Some, some popcorn is not very healthy and mm -hmm. some of it tastes weird, in my opinion. Wow. Okay, Mira, do you have any list toppers when it comes to junk food? Yes. Care to share? One thing that they didn't name was French fries. They are good, but not healthy for you. That is um, so true. Especially the ones that we get. I thought you would say candy. No, candy is bad for you, but it's also healthy for you because you can find these candies that are good for you. Nah. Girl, who told you that tale? Candy is not <laughs> good for you. I your candy ain't good for you either because they, they killed all the good property by coating it in sugar. So you've kind of just minim not minimizing, what's the word? You're negating the wonderfulness of the ginger by slathering it in sugar crystals. But sugar is good. Sugar is not good for you. Okay, this is, I'm going to tell you, this is why sugar isn't good for you. Because your body does not know what to do with it. You get sugar in so many forms. Our bodies run, basically, on sugar. So carbohydrates, they get processed as sugars. And we eat those. Um, yeah. Let's give you energy. So say it a little louder. They carbohydrates do, give you but energy. If you're eating the carbohydrates, which your body processes and turns them into sugars, and then you're also eating sugar that your body processes as sugar, then you've got sugar plus sugar equals yet more sugar. Exactly. Too much sugar. So, or, yeah, sugar it's, it's overkill. Sugar times 20 million, though, because... Okay, judging from the amount of candy that's produced, like, everywhere, that's a lot of sugar being used in something that isn't really good for people. Right. Especially, like, it's basically um, just a one stuff one. that you just coat in sugar, like, a sugar-coated something. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Coat it all in. I used to love those when I was your age. Now I see those things, and I say, I can't believe I used to eat that. But let me ask this question. Really do you like almonds? <laughs> I do like almonds. Um, the other, oh, yes. So moving away from junk food, what are some other things that you all do to stay healthy? I have one. I eat my vegetables. Veggies. 
What type of vegetables do you like? Cucumbers and carrots. Those are your favorites? Yes. What vegetables do you like? All the things, except for bell peppers. They're gross. <laughs> I agree. <gasps> you don't asparagus? like asparagus. <laughs> I hate asparagus. No. That's not true. You like to eat the spears. I'm not the spears, the tips. Okay, well, okay, maybe I the tops with the, the rest one. of the yeah. yeah, Meryl will eat the treetop, but not the tree trunk of the asparagus. Well, we say treetop and tree trunk. <laughs> okay, well, it looks like a little tree. And for those who are not familiar with asparagus, it kind of makes it make more sense. Just like broccoli has a little treetop and then a little tree trunk. That is true. Broccoli looks more like a tree than asparagus. <laughs> Y'all said the same thing at the same time. Yes! Twinsies! <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what did she say? I didn't hear her. Okay. So, um, what do you like to eat that's healthy, Amira? I like corn. Um, maybe corn specifically. So what do we do with our bodies other than eating that can promote good health? Exercising. <laughs> I was going to say that. Well, what kind of movement can we do? I mean... Some. Is any kind of movement good movement, or is there more to it? I got two. Most of the time when you say that question, there's so more to it. If so I'm you going live to in an apartment and there's a store near you that you want to go to, walk instead. And ride. if you have a bike, ride your bike a lot, like I do. I wish I could ride to the grocery store. It's too far away. Well, not really the grocery store, but like we don't some we don't have store. any corner stores in here. We're not we're not in nineteen nineteen seventy seven. Okay, so we were Action. talking about movement, and what kind of movement would you suggest? Since you know any old movement isn't you said isn't gonna be sufficient. Well, if you live close to a place that you can walk to, walk there because you're also saving the environment and exercising at the same time. And then also you can ride your bike around your neighborhood like I do. What about dancing? Does dancing count as exercise? Yes. yes. Especially if you're dancing the way these little ladies like to get down. What to get down? Oh, boy. Ahem. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so there's a lot of different types of exercises you can do. What about playing kickball? That's, um, I absolutely hate kickball. Yeah. Yeah. But outside games are games in the gym. Games also count as exercise. It's not just stretching. Walking counts as exercise, contrary to what a lot of people think. Yes. Walking I does count. Oh, you know, down. I was thinking when you said contrary to what people think, I think that when, I don't know, it seems to me that folk may be thinking that just 
walking around your house doing normal things, walking from the living room to the kitchen or from the bathroom into your bedroom, that kind of stuff isn't considered exercise. I would consider that just movement, right. you know? So you do need you do have to walk briskly. You have to be very intentional about the walk. It can't just be very relaxed and everyday type of walking. Just taking a step period, like some people are counting steps, just taking a step around your house. That's not counting because you're not getting your heart rate up. You're not really working yourself. No, I'm not saying it doesn't count at all. I'm just saying that if you want to see more results, you actually should walk briskly and be more intentional about it. Well, um, if you do walk slowly for a long amount of time, it might work, but I don't know. So she said walking slowly might work for a longer amount of time. I mean, so it may, probably it may give you a little bit of muscle tone or something, or let me say someone who is um, unhealthy or compromised, you know, joint pain or something like that, who may need to really ease their way into something you know hey you gotta start somewhere i'm not mad at it oh we said movement what about um water how do y'all feel about water and its um relation to your health water is 90 percent of my health regimen how does it make you feel? What is it doing for you? Eh, I have no answer. I, I don't know. Okay. I feel fine. Well, water is mostly your body, but like water makes me feel fine. I mean, the one thing that's a downside is if you're out and about and you have a full bottle of water, bar, a full water bottle that you have to drink and there's not a restroom nearby, Lord help me. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so water is healthy. What about bathing? Because that deals with water too. Is that something that we should do every day? Normally, you don't tell us to bathe. You tell us to take a shower. Bathing is the same thing as cleaning your body. However you do it, whether you jump in underneath a waterfall, in the shower, in the river, in the bathtub, however you choose to clean yourself, that's bathing. So if mommy says shower, if she says take a bath, it's <laughs> shower. It's all bathing. The only reason I actually like taking showers is because the only reason I like taking showers is that I get to wash my hair. <laughs> hey, if that's what gets you there great <laughs> and and washing your hair is important because you want to make sure that you're clean from the top of your head to the bottom of your toes so you do need to wash your hair you want to wash your toes you want to wash even places that you don't necessarily mm. think of like behind your ears yes and your neck Cause that's those are some of the places that sometimes yeah, those, kids those can little forget. areas will get good and stinky. 
behind your ears will get twangy if you leave those babies alone now. Right, right. That is so true. And brushing your teeth, how often should you do that? At least in the morning. Day. In the morning. At least. She said. You can Once, do it more times than twice that. Twice a day. You don't need to brush your teeth just, after every meal. Just brush your teeth twice a day and you should be fine for a while. So twice a day is good. And, and is, it actually is good. If you could do it after each meal, that's probably yeah. good too. But I know that that's not something that everybody can do. But it does not hurt not to brush all. your teeth after every meal. Because you do have food that can sit on your teeth and cause decay. So brushing your teeth after every meal is definitely, that is I have a question. How long helpful. do you brush your how long do you brush your teeth when you brush your teeth or how long should you brush your teeth do you think either however long it takes to sing a favorite song um or your birthday song or abc's two minutes yeah i yeah two minutes yeah, is, a, is a great goal with, um layla but I would say that longer, the longer you brush your teeth, the more surface area you're going to get. I know for myself, I know this is supposed to be about y'all, but for myself, I like brushing my teeth and I take a long time to brush my teeth. So I always feel like I have shortchanged myself if it's only been about two minutes, I will walk around the house brushing my teeth. It just makes me go longer. And honestly, when I go to the dentist, he doesn't have a lot of work to do. He doesn't hardly have anything to do. There's not any uh, long time scraping. I just recently learned this term. It's called descaling or scaling, where they're scratching the tartar plaque or something like that and that some people end up with sore gums after that and have to go back a second time, a third time to fully get that off. And it made me sad to think that, you know, people have to go through that. It's unfortunate, but I say the longer the better. So how often do you wash your hands? Because that's something else that's a part of healthy hygiene. I know one for sure. If you, after you touch a pet, wash your hands right after. Wash your hands every chance you get. What about mealtime? Wash your hands at mealtime. Like five times or six times or whenever you do something and get to the somewhere where you can wash your hands, wash your hands. Okay. Hand washing is important, but it sounds like from the amount of times you all are suggesting for hand washing that it would be a good idea to keep some lotion nearby because, oh, well, you were saying the hand washing, right? I think it's a good rule of thumb. Anytime you leave the house and come back, anytime you're about to eat anything, 
Right. And also remember that when you're washing your hands, you also should wash your nails as well. Because the germs don't just get on your palm, the palm of your hand. It also gets under your fingernails. In the back of your hand. Yes. Very good. Oh, is there a time limit with the hand washing too? Do y'all have a... ABCs. (laughs) You can do it for as long as you want. Just don't take up yeah, too the much longer time. the ashier, the longer the more water you use. <laughs> so what I do, what I do is I put um some soap on my hands and then I just rub it for like a minute and then I turn the water on for thirty seconds and then I wash it. I would turn the water on before oh. you put the soap on your hands. I had a dilemma with that Ooh. once. Okay. So I put the soap on one hand. I put the soap on one hand, then turn the water on, then and then, and then I wash my hands. I don't like getting the I don't like getting the handles at the the, the thing dirty because that's really annoying. Ooh. <laughs> okay. We are gonna wrap up. So do any of you girls have some extra tips about maybe health or hygiene that you would like to share with other children? Well, um, banana peels can, um, can stop mosquito bites. Really? I'm going to yes. come talk to you about that later. What are you supposed to do with them? You're supposed to rub them on the um, bite, I think. Oh, on the bite. Okay, I thought it was going to keep them away. I was like, but I hate bananas. Does that mean I'm going to have to be whiffing like a banana? Okay, <laughs> so putting the banana peel on a existing mosquito bite can calm the itch, is what you're saying? I think so. Okay, the inside of a peel. Okay, thank you. Mira, do you have any tips for the people? Nothing I can think of right now. I have a weird fruit fact. So... Okay, pineapple is not one fruit, but a bunch of little tiny fruits called fruitlets. Fruitlets? Yes. And they're all stacked together and make a pineapple. The spiky thing we all know. I thought fruitlet was a word that I had made up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you all have heard it here, folks. Welcome to another Cleverly Changing Podcast, we talk, where we talk about culture, life, and parenting from a homeschool perspective. Today, we are going to talk about a new topic, and the new topic is about healthy living and how to take care of yourself. How do we teach our children about health? And we're going to answer one question that we received as well. So we are going to just jump into the conversation. So do you want to start, Marian? Well, health is, you know, it's a subjective subject in many ways because, you know, there are people who eat meat and say they're healthy. There are vegetarians, and they say they're healthy. You've got vegans, ketos, pescatarians, and 
cesarians and suches, and they all, you know, claim to be living healthy lifestyle. But I think that when we talk about health, it's more than I only get a cold once a year. It is a a lifestyle. Yes, we said that. And that you need to do more than just be concerned about what you're putting into your body. Um, I think it also involves getting appropriate amounts of sunlight. I think it also involves getting the appropriate amount of exercise. There's the food component, water component, mineral component. Um, There's preventative care. And preventative care, you know, looks like a lot of different things for different people. So I think healthy lifestyle, healthy living is very subjective. And there's a lot of gray area there. But I don't think that it's impossible to tackle or to, you know, get the young people to understand what's important in living a healthy lifestyle. I think another part of it is listening to your own body. Because if you're eating, let's say, wheat, let's say wheat is in your diet a lot, and you're noticing that you've got really dry skin, you're itchy or eczema or something like that, then maybe your body's trying to tell you, you know, I don't think we like wheat too much. You may need to eliminate it for that particular reason. Right, and and getting the adequate amount of sleep is very important too. Sleep, I left that one out. Yeah, that's important. I wish I could get the adequate amount of sleep. Yeah. (laughs) I don't feel like I get an adequate amount of sleep. Yeah. They say that you, as an adult, you need um, six to eight hours and that children need, including teenagers, need, you know, from 14 to 10 hours, depending on, you know, the age range. Right. Yeah, I've read that a lot of high schools are, maybe not a lot, but some high schools are entertaining the idea of having later start times so that the children have more time to rest. And especially, you know, with the extracurricular activities and clubs and um all the things that, you know, we have our young people involved in, community service and things, so that they are more appealing on their college applications. They're really stretched. A lot of them are. And could certainly appreciate an extra hour or two before school starts. Right. 
So when it when it comes to health, I think it's important for us to teach our children how to take care of themselves, but also to help us recognize how we need to take care of ourselves at the same time. So there needs to be a component of self-care that's involved when you homeschool your kids, as well as just um, incorporating the healthy living principles that you just mentioned into the um, everyday education, because I believe that being healthy is a lifestyle. And it's not just mentioning principles, but really learning how to apply them on a day-to-day basis so that it's secondary and not something that you have to go out of your way to do. It should be something that comes to mind naturally. And so that's why it's important to teach your kids about healthy living principles while they're young, because they're starting to form their habits and make their choices. And if you want them to make better choices, you have to start guiding those principles while they're young. Yeah, I totally agree. Teaching them how to eat appropriately, how to exercise appropriately, to emphasize, as we're saying, the need for sleep and activity outside, all those things, even um, meditation or something, a quiet space, how there's many things that you can do to help return yourself to a more balanced state. You know, I don't know that it's completely possible in this day and age to really achieve true balance, but I think we can get pretty close to it if we pay attention to the signs that our body has given us. I know one of the things that we do in my house is we do a lot of herb herby things. I have an herb garden. We've got sage and oregano, catnip, all kinds of mints, um, thyme, lemon balm. We have lots of things that I will go outside and I'll snatch some leaves off and brew them up. We go to, there's a store here. There's several stores, actually, that I frequent that I get dried herbs from. And I'll make tea. I'll go get tinctures and things and drop it right on in their little smoothies and things. And a lot of times they'll see me doing some of this stuff. And they're like, what is this? Why are you doing that? And I'll tell them, you know, sage has a lot of phytochemicals in it. So you're getting the energy and the nutrients that it picked up from the sun. It helps to improve your concentration and your memory. You know, we can, let's pour some hot water on it and let's drink it. And we'll drink some sage tea or, you know, we'll chop it up and mix it in a salad or whatever we're cooking for the dinner or lunch. And I tell them that we are 
amping up our mineral game. And we're getting some good iron, we're getting some chlorophyll, and all these things can help keep us healthy. It can increase the strength and density of our bones. We do, um, what do you call it? I don't know. Let's call it, we do extension projects with the plants. We just, you know, we'll go and color them. We'll do a leaf rubbing, things like that. And they have a good time with it. They're interacting with the plant and it just seems kind of normal when we're driving. We'll point out, hey, that's a such and such. And you can use that to heal cuts or make a headache go away. Things like that. So we do a lot of hands-on learning when it comes to health. I really do push the nature's cure more so in my household. I am more afraid of allopathic side effects than I am of plant side effects. So allopathic medicine, well, what most people call traditional medicine, I'm not against it. It certainly has its place. But if I can fix something through eating some garlic, drinking lemon or lime water, then that's what I'm going to do first. And I try to, you know, push them to try certain things because it's not that bad most of the time, you know. Put some lime in your water. It'll help increase your nutrient absorption. And it doesn't taste bad. If you, if you need, we'll sweeten it up with a little drop of agave or something, a little drop of honey. And maybe it'll make it a little more palatable for you. So I try to teach them things that they can do when they're not feeling well or when they notice something is off. I'm trying to get them to learn to listen to themselves right. more often. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you should drink some water. How much water have you drunk today? You said your head hurts. Do you feel that air coming across the ceiling? You need to cover up your head because now you're going to have sinus trouble, which means you're going to have to eat a clove of garlic. <laughs> Fire. So we do a lot of that type of health in our household. We also do outside activity. Well, I'm increasing it now that the weather is changing. What kind of stuff do you do for teaching healthy principles? So we actually have a health book and I will leave it in the show notes. I got it from Carson DeLosa, I believe. Oh, Um, mm -hmm. but it's pretty, pretty basic, but I also like to do things from a natural foundation as well because I feel like your body is going to give you cues. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do with them? So for us, it is, you know, learning about a balanced diet, but with my family, it's a little bit different since we do have the two um, type one diabetics in our, in our family where 
we try to, we've actually started cutting back on juice because a lot of things have hidden sugars in it. And my daughter was, she was drinking a lot of her calories and a lot of her carbs. And I realized that it's not healthy for her. Um, And so we're trying to go through just a new, some new changes with our diet. We, we always ate pretty healthy. So that wasn't, um, that wasn't one of the issues. We're not into sweets. We're not into candy, artificial sugars and all that. It wasn't something that was ever a part of our diet. So that's not our, our hangup. But what people may not realize is a lot of the foods we eat have hidden sugars in, in them. And so what we've had to do is just make better choices that are more balanced. So we don't have a meal that's heavy on the sugars and not a lot of proteins. So as vegetarians, we sometimes do eat a, you know, it may not be like the natural vegetables, they have carbs, but not a whole lot of them. Um, But it's still, you want to balance that out with proteins and, you know, natural fibers. So it's really just learning how to eat the rainbow and how to eat different things that um, will give you the variety, but also be healthy so that you're not leaning more towards a carb heavy meal or just a protein meal we want to we want to balance it out so that we're having a little bit of each and so for me it's been a journey that has been one where we're you know we're learning nutrition together we're learning you know how to recognize refined carbs and complex carbs because you know, like potatoes are starchy foods and they're not so healthy for um, diabetics. It's not that they can't have them. They just need to have them in moderation. And so it's learning how the body reacts to certain foods. It's also um, one thing that we, we've done better in the past, but this year we've been struggling with is exercising after meals. So when you eat food and then you're sedimentary, it's not good because your body is not working those calories off and you need to put your body to work so that your body is naturally being able to burn the, you know, use the energy that's good energy and get rid of the energy that get rid of, you know, certain things that you don't need. So taking a walk after a meal is going to be a healthy alternative. And so we used to do it more. And now that the weather is getting nice, I want to get back into implementing it where um, we're exercising after meals. So that's one of the things that I try to, to teach my kids. We also try to do some alternative medicine um, with like natural vitamins and we do drink herbal teas and we're going to try to um, just do something that's from a natural standpoint before we go to modern medicine. However, we do, you know, I have a daughter that takes insulin, so that's not something that I can, um, 
give her an alternative treatment. I just have to give her the insulin and, you know, monitor her. So we do that. I felt, I feel like we do a balance of both. And for the most part, things usually go well is sometimes we do have, um, you know, harder days. But overall, I think it's something that my kids hold dear and something that they'll appreciate when they grow up. Yeah, I don't know if my children are holding it quite so dear. They like sugar. Who doesn't? It's sweet. (laughs) But I really am working on curbing that I had heard a couple of months ago that Shisandra, I think that's how you call it, Shisandra, it's an, I've seen it in my herb store, S-C-H-I-S-A-N-D-R-A, I do believe is how it's spelled, but I have heard that it helps reduce sugar cravings. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried it yet, Okay. but I think I need to sneak some in on my littles because those people Mm-mm-mm. and I had to sneak out of the house well I was trying to sneak out of the house it did not work so that I could come and record this podcast I had to sadly give my youngest son a lollipop in order to get out the door <laughs> he was plastered to my leg no mom mom He did not want to let me go, but I needed to go. And so I gave him the candy and I felt horrible afterwards. But I'm looking for, you know, ways to get them to come away from that. I try to offer them, you know, healthier alternatives like, hey, let's have some fruit instead. And I remember a couple of years ago, we were at someone's house and they had some strawberries and then they killed it with sugar. And I was like, oh, oh, they put wow. sugar on top of the strawberries. Yes. Oh. I was grossed out. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that before. <laughs> I was like, why are you doing it? I said, why are you doing that? And she said, oh, it makes the strawberries so much better. I was like does it really and then I remember my children were like can we have some too I was like no you may not (laughs) you can have some plain strawberries if you like but we are not going to be sprinkling some ding dang sugar on the strawberries wow I mean and I can't lie I I like a good confectionery every now and then but I mean that's not um that that really bothered me. As you can tell, I'm still a little rattled by it. Yeah. But, you know, I try to, you know, push other items. Let's have some blueberries. Let's have some strawberries. Anybody want some cantaloupe? We've got apples, oranges to kind of curb that sweet fix. Because, you know, in general, a lot of the things that that we go for that are sweet, are empty you know but a piece of fruit has fiber with it and so you're able to your body is able to metabolize it differently or more slowly i should say because of the fiber and things that are you know it processes the sugar slower 
Right. So it's not like you're just getting the big whoop, which is, you know, the argument with juice as well, because there's no fiber in the juice. Right. And it will cause your, your blood sugar to spike. Right. So you'll get a quick, a quick burst of energy. And then as the sugar begins to wear off, you're, you know, it really drops and boom. Yeah. So you (laughs) want to really balance that out with fiber. Yes. I've tried to, you know, impart these things to them. And a lot of times I say, Hey mommy, can we have a smoothie? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's make a smoothie. We'll do that. Because I know if, I say, no, I know what the next question is going to be. Well, what else is there that sugary? Um, I would also like to say that the, the way we cook in our house, we're not vegetarian. I was raised vegetarian. I don't, I don't cook meat that often maybe once or twice a week. That's, that's it. That's enough for me. And we do a lot of meat free meals in my home. There are times when I will go on a meat strike and I'm like, yeah, I'm not cooking no chicken, turkey, nothing. Everything is vegetable based. And the children are okay with that. And I think that they, probably recognize the difference i recognize the difference you know in their level activity their level of um their behavioral aspect i i notice those i know a lot of times there'll be people asking about the protein component but i honestly think that as Americans, we've been not brainwashed, but pushed into thinking that we need more protein than we actually do. I think that animals that are herbivores don't seem to have a problem with protein. So I don't see why we should have a problem with protein if we choose not to eat animals for whatever reason. If it's a health reason, if it's a political reason, whatever your reason for not eating meat is, um, I'm not against it at all. But I think that we've kind of been misinformed in general about nutrition. I I agree with you. And we will, in the show notes, we will put the current guidelines for a healthy plate. Because you know, I don't even think I agree with that. Excuse me, I must say I think. Well, they've revised I don't it. agree with that. They but. revised <laughs> it so that the protein is actually, um, I think it's one fourth. It used to be half. Is now one fourth. Yeah, I don't even agree with that. Changed. Yeah, I don't even agree with that. I don't think that it's a necessary thing. To, I don't think it's necessary to eat animals every day. Well, you don't have. There's plant-based protein. Like there are there are um, plants that contain protein. 
Well, I guess maybe I should say it this way. When most people, when most Americans hear of protein, they're not thinking about something that grew out of the ground. Right, because quinoa. quinoa. They're thinking about something that goes moo, cluck, quack, and the rest. <laughs> right, but there are some plant-based, like quinoa is one. Right. The ancient grains, a lot of those have. Right, yeah. the ancient grains. Yeah, I like quinoa. And camet. Have you tried camet? I'm going to have to put you on to some camet. I like it. It's a lot like brown rice, but imagine if brown rice had more depth of flavor. It's kind of buttery almost, nutty-ish. It's good. I like it. I'll have to try it. Yeah. But I think it's for, for the modern American diet, we do eat a lot of starches. We pair our foods with starches. And so I feel like we do kind of need to balance those out, out with the, the vegetables and mm-hmm. the proteins. I think it's important not to have a lot of just one type of food. And right. so just like we want to diversify our money, we need to diversify our food. I agree totally. Like you said, that when you said eat the rainbow before, I was like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That that makes a big difference, you know. And I'm gonna throw this one out here too. And I've I've told my children, and don't take this the wrong way, white people. Um, if it's white, it ain't right. So I'm talking about white sugar, I'm talking about white flour, white rice, that stuff. Where it's been bleached and refined. You yeah, do- even if it says unbleached, it's still a problem because it's yeah. The more the the more processing that the item has gone through, the less nutrition it is giving us Correct. and the more damage it's going to do. Right, right. And so they tend to be really acidic, you know, and just I'm not for the sake, whole alkaline thing. For the yeah. sake of conversation, I just want to let people know when we say processed food, if it comes in a package, and it's processed. <laughs> yeah, if they did something to that food in a manufacturer, in a factory, it's been processed. And so you want it to be as you know, natural as possible, as close to the ground. I've heard um, one of my friends say, um, as possible, you want it to be in its original state. Right. Like, you know, how you see collard greens growing out of the ground. You want them to continue to look like collard greens as much as possible. If they look like little fritters where they've been fried and, just coated in different things, that's probably not as good for you. So that's something, just a rule of thumb. Yeah, I agree. You want to be the processor of your food. Yes. That, that way, like when you were talking about the hidden sugars, there seems to be, if it comes in a jar, a can, a microwavable plate, whatever, all those things have sugar in it. I don't understand what that's about, but it seems like if you didn't make it yourself, it's going to have a measure of sugar in it. So, you know, and then salt is the other thing. Yeah. And salt is an issue too. So if you make it yourself, you are able to control the amount 
of processing, the amount of heat that's added, you're able to control the amount of salt, you're able to control the amount of sugar, you can add different herbs, roots, spices to bump up the nutrition to and enhance the flavor. Yeah, to increase the bioavailability of various nutrients. I remember when I was having my first son, they, we didn't give him the, we didn't want to give him the hepatitis A shot right then or whatever it was, whatever vaccine they were trying to give as soon as they breathe air. And, oh, no, 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 that's not what it was. We did not let them give him a vitamin K shot. That's what it was. And they wouldn't let us get him circumcised. She said, well, you won't be able to get him circumcised because you didn't give him the vitamin K shot. And we were like, okay. It wasn't a big deal. But I had said, I've been eating dandelion greens a lot. So he's got good vitamin K. And she was like, do you know how many, how much, how much dandelion greens you would have to eat and I said, yes, I do. Do you? And she just looked at me like, how dare I ask her that question? And then she said, well, you won't be able to get him circumcised here. And I said, okay, that's fine. Thank you. <laughs> you know, but I think that a lot of, a lot of folk don't understand that when you eat, when you're getting your vitamins and minerals from specific foods, you're excuse me, you're able to absorb more of those nutrients than you may think because you're getting it along with the other nutrients that are in said item. Right. So we have lots of pairings like calcium and magnesium and um, um, I can't think of any more off the top of my head, but there's several pairs of things that if you eat this vitamin along with this vitamin you're going to increase your absorption rate of said vitamins right you know if by adding black pepper to things you can oh there you go black pepper and turmeric right it helps to increase the absorption of the anti-inflammatories and such in the turmeric so depending on your preparation and the things that you add to it you can certainly increase your absorption rate and you wouldn't have to eat a whole bushel to get that. I mean, even when you take these synthetic vitamins and minerals, a lot of times you're peeing out a good portion of what you took in because your body was unable to absorb it. Right. So, so you have to study and find out what your body needs so that you'll know what you need to eat along with it to make sure that you're getting the right nutrients. Yeah, that's what I try to let the children do. Let me bring it back to the littles. I try, <laughs> I try to get them to, you know, think about these kinds of things. Well, what kind of goodness are we getting from this apple? And how long do you think it'll take our body to process this apple? Um, we'll look at good old internet and find out the actual amounts and things and compare them to say the gummy vitamin on the shelf or whatever to see 
how much you're actually getting. Um, we've looked at, you know, the nutrition facts on the sides of stuff. And you see, oh, this is the recommended daily amount. And, oh, look, that's 50%. So if you eat two of these, you've gotten all the iron that they say you need for the day. But if you should find that you're feeling a little tired or sluggish, maybe your iron was a little low and you need some more. Or um, maybe your body just needs more in general. So I'm, I'm, I can't say enough how much I really push them to listen to themselves. And not even in just health situations. In general, if you're getting a bad feeling about this person or this place, Listen to yourself. It's a good rule. Yes, it is. And I think on that note, we're going to wrap it up. <laughs> wrap it. We're going to wrap it up. I, I think that for every household, when you're educating your child, you will quickly learn that the life lessons that you're teaching them will carry them into adulthood. And so when it comes to health, you want them to understand how to take care of their bodies so that when they become adults, they'll know about good hygiene, they'll know about healthy living habits and everything. So it's something that you need to incorporate now while your kids are little so that when they become adults, the habits will already be in place. And so if you have anything that you would love to add to this conversation, please do so by sending us a email at cleverlychanging at gmail.com. You can also um, send us a message or follow us on one of our platforms. I'm at Cleverly Changing. Miriam is at Franken Herbs on Instagram. So definitely look us up find more out more information about just healthy living in general we are here to support you please share our podcast with a friend and we thank you for listening until next time <laughs>